నమస్తే ఎవ్రీవన్ అండ్ వెల్కమ్ బ్యాక్ టు మై పాడ్కాస్ట్ స్టోరీస్ యూ షుడ్ నో బై మిస్టి ఐ హోప్ యూ ఆల్ ఎంజాయిడ్ పార్ట్ వన్ ఆఫ్ ఎపిసోడ్ సిక్స్ అండ్ ఇన్ కేస్ యూ హ్యావ్ ఇట్ హర్ ఇట్ యట్ యూ కెన్ స్టిల్ గో బ్యాక్ అండ్ లిసన్ టు ఇట్ అండ్ లీవ్ యువర్ కామెంట్ ఇఫ్ వెర్ ఎవర్ యూ ఆర్ లిస్నింగ్ అలౌస్ యూ టూ ఆల్సో ప్లీజ్ హెల్ప్ ఇన్ స్ప్రెడింగ్ ద వర్డ్ అబౌట్ ద పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఐ వుడ్ లవ్ దీస్ వాయిసెస్ టు రీచ్ అవుట్ టు యాజ్ మెనీ పీపుల్ యాజ్ పాసిబుల్ దిస్ ఇస్ ఎపిసోడ్ సిక్స్ పార్ట్ టూ I'm in conversation with Fareen Raza Abbas, an American Muslim, mother of three and a COVID survivor. So, uh, while I was living here, I was, um, I organized a book club and I was like, you know, just for the women to kind of meet up and talk about books. And in that, I met a lady who had her own radio station here and she was like, you speak very well. Would you like to be on the radio? And I was like, you, me? Really? I was the one who always thought I had the best. My sister actually has a really good singing voice, so she sings even. So it was always like, oh, you know, Sakina has the good voice and talents. Fahin is just the better writer. So That's a different was, kind of voice you need for singing. Yes. Different kind of voice you need for radio shows. Yes. So then I was like, oh, oh me? Okay, fine. And then uh, they were like, yeah, we want to give you your own show. And you can, uh, it's two hours a week. And I did that for a good year and a half, almost two years. Um, where I, once a week, I would go in, have a two-hour show on social issues and social topics and things that were, you know, relevant. Right. And then on top of that, I felt like, well, you know, I can do more. And while in that thought of doing more, and at this point, my youngest was, because uh, the same two boys, I, my youngest was at that point about uh, five. And I was like, okay, he's going to start school soon. Uh, no, four, he was four. And I was like, he's going to start school soon. She should get, get that ready. And then... Um, uh i found out i was expecting again i was like well fun <laughs> every time i plan let's something let's do this again <laughs> again back into it and so by the time uh, my youngest was born my my middle one uh went into kindergarten so he was going to school i had a baby and then i couldn't manage doing the radio show that long of a radio show going in um and it didn't justify finding you know caregiver for 2 hours once right. a week cuz i was like it doesn't really mean and i was like you know what it's okay to take a break So then yeah. I said I told my uh, boss I was like I love doing this but I think I just need a break and it's too long and I'm going to take a little bit of a break and think about things. And at that time I I started listening to some podcasts and figure out podcasting and I was like oh this seems like a good way to go. And um also during this time I'm a very socially active person like I will I go to protests uh I go I go and do interfaith things where you know different people from different backgrounds sit together we talk we discuss all in a very safe space that we're just right. discussing we're not judging we're not here to convert anyone no converting right. unless you want to that's your choice but we're just this is my religion this is the way we work and um so I was I wasn't just active in my desi community I was very active in the non desi community like I am right. okay to go have coffee with a uh, white black latino whoever and we're talking about elections and politics right um got very politically active so got very active in that and um had a baby and then sat around thinking about what to do next and in the, in that meantime there's uh this wonderful lady here who has another radio station uh she's been doing it for like 18 19 years so wow. she's a you know a pillar of the community um uh she's an indian national so she's wonderful and she does not you know discriminate based on even though all these things were happening at that time you know that all these you know hindu muslim riots right. and things always happening right. she never made it seem like it matters she's like right. no we're all we're all family here right so then um she reached out and said that you know i used to listen to your show there and i was wondering where you went 
And I was like, oh, I took a break and I, because the show was too long and I had a baby and whatnot. And she was like, you know, why don't you come to my radio station and however long you want to do, whatever you want. And I was like, do you think if it's okay if I only do half an hour? She's like, sure. And, I, and then luckily, in the, because this was a bigger, the, uh, the first radio station was more very independent, so very small. This one is a bigger one where they have like, you know, a staff that's doing right. things over there. So there's, and so the staff room has two people who are always there just working on the computer. So then I, I was like, can we try, if I bring my son, give him an iPad, do you think you guys can just keep an eye on him? And luckily the office ladies, both of them are like, we love babies. Oh my God, we love them so much. So it's worked out in, in that sense. I would just take my son with me. And since it's only half an hour, it's really not that long. And he became so familiar with it that he knows that, okay, I'm going to sit in this chair and have my iPad, take my shoes off and it was it was his uh, half an hour of uh, royalty and uh, under, just sit there un, and enjoy un, uninterrupted peaceful iPad time and right. no one's bothering me and they were so sweet enough they're like you know give him the regular Wi-Fi why use your data plan <laughs> they put the Wi-Fi it gets better Wi-Fi and stable so it, it, every time I went it was just a breeze I would just walk in you know drop him off go right next door do my half an hour come back out. And then, but the thing is with the radios here, and I'm sure it's all over the world, there's regulations and things you can and cannot say on, right. on the air, and, you know, of course. So then I was like, well, I, I do want to use and say more things. But the one rule that we had in our radio station was don't talk about religion because it's, okay. you don't want to offend anyone. Of course, it's like, you right. know, don't talk about it and don't take sides or anything because that easily offend anyone at any point. Right. Listeners are variety. So who knows? what anyone could be thinking. So then I was like, what if I did my own podcast again? And I was like, thinking, thinking, thinking. And then I got a logo made. I did all that stuff. And I was like, you know, I, I can do this. And so then in January of this year, I launched it with the blessings of my boss. So I still work at the radio station. I still have my weekly show right. and she's completely fine with me having my own thing. And um, so then I did the podcast and just, at first I started doing the podcast episodes alone, like just me talking about certain right. misconceptions. And then I was like, you know what? I can bring on people and highlight how we do things normally. We're just regular people doing regular things. And you know, but since you're talking about your uh, podcast, I'm very interested mm-hmm. to know how you actually thought about it. Because see, when you when you when we talk about podcasts, there are a lot of things you can do, a lot of things mm-hmm. you can talk about. And your podcast like the name itself is musing of a modern Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. How did you come up with it that, okay, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk yeah. about the community. I want to talk about Islam culture. I want to tackle the misrepresentation of um, the entire community. How did it exactly came into the picture? Well, it came about because uh, I, I went through 9-11 here and I was in Boston when that happened. And if you know, right. th- that's where the flights took off from was Boston. Yes. So that airport is very dear to my heart because that's the airport I used to travel anywhere. Right. When, when we were living in the Northeast, I was like, oh, Logan Airport is the airport. It's the only airport. So whenever we, uh, w- after 9-11 and especially the day of, I was going to a college class. I remember I was in class and suddenly while the teacher was giving a lecture and this was one of those required classes anthropology like half people are paying attention half not and then suddenly one of the kids goes like oh my god someone you know someone flew a plane into the building and we're like what building and then everyone like there was computers there and everyone went on the computer and we all saw and then the teacher was like dismissed everyone just go home be safe and they're like flights took off from logan and we're like that's our airport what happened so after that of course uh, muslims 
and people who were even non-Muslims but just looked Muslim got like a lot of hate. Yes. And I'm sure you saw in the news. And I mean, people who were Sikh just because they were wearing turbans, they were like, "Oh, that's a terrorist. Let's beat them up." So it was right. it was a bad time. Anyone who you know looked Muslim, you could even be like you know a Bangladeshi auntie just walking on the street and they right. saw a sari and they're like, "Oh, that's right. a Muslim. Let's beat her up." So it was pretty bad. And then of course that that you know leaks into media. Of course, not just the news media, movies and TV always right. being painted as these bad people. And I'm not saying that there aren't. Like I've even said in my podcast, yes, there are definitely bad people right. out there. But that is the same situation for you everyone. You know, I, I actually believe when we have these kind of discussions over here in India, when I talk to people in my group, I always, I have this point that it is not the religion. It's the person. Okay, it's mm-hmm. not the, any religion doesn't teach you to be a bad no. person. They don't teach you to kill someone. It's the person. It's how they grow mm-hmm. up. It's about what's there in their mind. That's how the things yeah. are. I think that's exactly what you are saying. I understand that completely. No, and, and I was like, you know, I hundred percent. I'm not ever going to say that. No, all Muslims are good people. No, they're not. They're they're of course. And I'm I can't say that all Hindus are good people. Exactly. I can't say all Christians are good right. people. I can't say all Jewish are good people. Every every community, even every family, has that odd person in it. So exactly. if our little families can have oddities, and why can't our religion and communities? Right. And yes, people do say things and promote things that are I don't I definitely don't agree with at all. Right. But um, so after that, seeing a lot of the media and especially movies and TV portray us as all these like oppressed backwards weirdos yeah. who are just looking to hate on America, I was like. This is so, and of course that that perception leaks onto the society, and that's why these assumptions are made where uh, all Muslims are terrorists, and we're like, no, we're not. What, what kind right. of nonsense is this? You know, in one of your podcasts, I really love the fact that you address that how in movies and in shows they portray Muslims as either to be too depressed or like to be too liberal, and like either they're yeah. just trying to get out of their own culture and be liberated somehow. or they're just absolutely cool with everything they they don't yeah. show the normal family the normal culture the normal upbringing like the am janta like okay that, that we're just like hey we yeah there are many of us who practice religion but doesn't mean we highlight it as the big thing of our day and then there are people who are very religious but they're also in fields of work they're doctors lawyers you know all sorts of fields so that's when i was uh, the original title of the podcast was actually uh, musings of a millennial muslim cuz i was like okay you know millennial is a term i'm technically a millennial so i can play <laughs> off of that and i was like okay you know let me do that but then um I, when i was kept saying it i was like it's a mouthful it just seems so much and and now the word millennial uh, kind of means someone who is like very out there very you know free thinking you know right. almost like a hippie that's what right. i think kind of i think more of that. it also uh, every kid that's born up in from 2000 and later i think it's been associated yeah. with them more now yes and yeah. they're technically zennials that's what the yes, official term exactly. them is yeah, yeah but they're the, but it's assumed they're millennials right. um so then i was like okay you know this needs to be changed a bit so then i i asked a few friends i was like what do you think what would be a better word and then and then it was funny it was my son my my you know 10 year old who was like what about modern and i was like that's that's mm. actually simpler and yeah. it means modern it could mean you know like a modern thinking person but it can also mean present day it can mean a multiple things and that way i don't have to change everything about the podcast cuz i liked how the m's kind of worked you know musings of a millennial so like the m3 the 3 m's 
I feel like Karan Johar when I say this because I'm like, okay, I'm like stuck on a letter. <laughs> Why am I stuck on this one letter? But I was like, okay, fine. I'll just play off of it. Um, <laughs> and then someone even suggested um, that maybe remove Muslim. They're like, what if you made musings of a modern mind? And I was like, but I am a Muslim. I do like playing the identity and I hope it doesn't make people think that this is a podcast about Muslims own, like a Muslim, like preaching. So I keep trying to say like, no, it's meant to be insightful. I hope that works. I hope that idea gets across. And I'm glad when you said that, you know, you, you heard it and didn't think like, oh, this is a Muslim person talking about Muslims. and I absolutely loved it because when you started your podcast, like in the first, second, third episode, I was like, I was figuring it out. Like, this is so amazing. These are, there are so many things and she's so right. There were a few things which I never realized, like about the misrepresentation when you, when you spoke about, you know, how certain news is much more highlighted. When it happens, mm-hmm. when it involves Muslim, and suddenly I'm like, oh yes, it happens this way. She is so right. This is how it. This is how it happens. It's a systematic way that it's been done the same way. And this is not. I'm not saying anything new. It's just the same exactly. thing that's been continued. And even on my radio show, and this, I'm like, these are not new things. It's just that sometimes you might hear, you just never think about them. And then when you're like, wait a minute. That is true. I was like, you know, if you, in my episode where I talked about um, how we're mis- the stereotypes we face, I was like, you know, there aren't very many positive Muslim characters in TV shows, right. which are regular Muslims. Again, they're either looking for liberation and they just hate everything about their culture or they're so oppressed. I was right. like, you don't see the regular, you know, average Muslim. And so when I highlighted the two examples I could think of, and I was like, they're just so random. One was in a TV show that they had here where they had this, Muslim woman who was wearing hijab, who was just a regular person trying to free her brother from jail. And she was a regular, average American Muslim. And the actress won an award for that, for that portrayal, which was even more highlighted because in real life, she's not a Muslim person at all, but just a good actress and portrayed it so well that it was like, good. This is And and it was something very, which is common there, which is common over here, be it American movies, be it Indian movies, Indian TV shows, it's kind of something very similar. Uh, they yeah. are portrayed in this particular, like, okay, very strict household. You cannot step out. You cannot yes. say a word. It's it's how they set things in our mind. That's how you look at it. I mean, I'm friends with so many uh, Muslim people. One of my best friends from school time is a Muslim. And I used to go to her house all the time. I used to see how it's the same. There was never, never yeah. any difference. Yeah, I think the only difference is I think if you really go into the nitty gritty in like a Hindu Muslim household is maybe their prayer styles, of course. Right, of course. Or or if you see a family that might be more uh, practicing and they don't eat meat, like, okay, this is a, you know, a vegetarian household right. solely. So, or, and then of course, uh, I know like a lot of Muslim families in India when, when they have Hindu friends coming over and they know like, oh, this person does not eat meat at all. They make sure to not right. get any they're like, no, we'll be respectful of that. And, but they don't expect to go to a vegetarian's house and be like, oh, serve me meat. They're like, no, we will happily eat vegetarian. It's okay. It's right. actually better for you anyways. <laughs> so you should. But um, so when the podcast came about, I was like, okay, let me think of topics to talk about. And that's why I did solo first. Just, and there were shorter episodes. Then I started doing more interviews of people and just highlighting how regular uh, Muslims do things. And so now it's more interview style, but th- that doesn't mean that I might have an episode randomly just like ranting and raving about what I'm thinking. And so it's, it's going well. So I'm like, okay, good. There are people listening. I, I see like little numbers like, oh, good, good. 
and, and I like a- the part that you always include uh, a story from your life. You know, you. It's very yes. nice. It's very relatable because, uh, like in one of your podcasts, I did hear about um, the nine eleven incident when someone came mm-hmm. to your uh, father's store and asked about the American spirit. Yes. It was it was so amusing for me. I was like, he asked for Amer- he said American spirit, and suddenly you realize it was a cigarette, and your mom gave it to yes. him. I was like, yeah. this is so real. And this, that's why I think when I think you have to, when you want to someone to listen to you, you have to be relatable. So I always try to make fun of myself sometimes in my podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'll make, I'll poke my, fun at myself because then I'm, I'm trying to get on your level. Like, okay, okay. look, um, I record an episode where I'm going to be talking to a black Muslim American and we're talking about this whole black lives movement and this, and I'm going to preface the episode that yes, I used to have a lot of thoughts because of the society even though I grew up in New York with a lot of black people and had black friends but there was always these institutionalized things because of our culture that oh you know people of a certain skin tone are the other do you think that when you started your own podcast and I'm not talking about the people in your family or anyone who's related to you I'm talking about the people around you from the same culture from the same religion when you started the podcast and they knew that you know what kind of uh, what kind of uh, message you're giving out what you're telling out to people was there any uh, bad feedback or a backlash you got that saying that okay why are you telling people all these things this is not the right uh, teaching this is yeah. not we teach oh yeah how did you deal with uh, it i just say well you know if you if you don't agree with my ways make your own podcast <laughs> do, do yourself then Fine. I mean, and I always preface anything. I was like, look, I'm not a religious authority, but I can get you one if you really need one. I try to do my own research. And that's why everything I say, I'm like, look, this is my research, my thoughts. Don't take this as a thought of every single Muslim in the world. Definitely not. So it's just me, Fahin Reza, talking about my observations and my research. And then I will, you know, try to say, hey, if you have, ever have a question about Islam or something specific. Yes. And I've gotten tough questions many times. So I'm like, you know, if I don't have the answer, there are plenty of religious resources I can reach out to and say, hey, I have a question from someone. What is the best answer I can give them? This person is non-Muslim and they're asking. And, and did, I, anyone, I have, yeah, and did anyone actually, uh, you know, came up to you or maybe said that, you know, by your podcast, you're trying to convert people. You know, this is, this is the reason why you started it. No, luckily no one has said that. I hope no one thinks that. But I also, um, I do preface a lot of the episodes when I'm talking about pure Islamic things that look, my thoughts, right? not meant to convert you. And I think I've learned this over time when I do these interfaith things where the goal is not to convert. Like we're not here to convert. We're here just to listen about how we are similar, how we are different. And that has helped me, you know, kind of just listen and explain my uh, uh, beliefs in a way that I'm just informing you. It is not meant to, like, you'll never see me in my episode say like, oh, Islam is the best religion ever. Right. Like I'll say, you know, this is the belief system in Islam. This is the thing that is being portrayed or misconstrued. Um, like when I talk about women, I was like, you know, we never really hear the story of the prophet's wife who was a businesswoman and, you know, older than him right. and already had an empire and she was independent. So right. it's like, well, we don't, highlight that why don't we highlight that we should and, and i and i heard it there one of your shows uh you said that you know uh in, in islam they tell to teach everyone it's it's like everyone should be educated no one says that yes. okay don't teach girls don't get them educated it's no, never there no. and it's it's actually a very big very big misconception throughout the world not just in america that yes. uh, in everywhere. muslim culture that you know do not 
get the girl educated, which is a very big problem in every religion, every culture, be it Hindu, yes. Muslim, Sikh, Isai, everywhere. Yeah. No, and and it's and it's sad because again, and they and they blame the religion. Where exactly. the religion, like I said, the first world word re- revealed to the prophet in the Quran was um, Ikra, which means read. Like read. read. And it doesn't say, you know, men read, women read, read. Just everyone read something, read any anything you can. And um, yeah, so it's, it's again, the misconceptions. And that's what I hope with the podcast. I like, hopefully, you know, someone hears it and says, oh, I always thought that they weren't allowed to be educated because I've actually gotten this question in interfaith events that, oh, I thought women aren't allowed to be educated. And I was like, no. That'd be very bad then. <laughs> right. And all these women who are educated, who are doing these things, then we wouldn't have them. So we have to, you know, highlight where it's due. I mean, if, again, if, if someone like Benazir Bhutto was not, uh, you know, educated and made her way up, she would not be a prime, would have been a prime minister of Pakistan, right. which I think even in which America, happened we've never way had a woman. earlier, right? Which happened way Years earlier. Years ago, in right. the 80s. So I was like, this was before, you know, a lot of things and it's it's it was so normal it wasn't considered like oh how this woman went because she was very qualified and it was like okay we still don't have a female president or vice president or anything we're we're still struggling with that we have an right. orange thing i can't talk i can't talk about my hate him so much <laughs> <laughs> let's uh well uh I, we have the same view so <laughs> yes <laughs> i think everyone does <laughs> i think everyone in the world knows it <laughs> we yes. don't have to justify it by saying about no, it no yeah. no 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 no, and then, uh, so that's why the podcast just came about that. And then I know in the beginning of the, this, uh, you had asked me about hijab. Yes. And yes, uh, I was always, I never really, you know, followed it. But then about, I don't know, ye, almost two years ago, I kind of felt like, what if I did? What if I, you know, it's nothing, hard. I don't technically dress where Islam tells you, you know, that there's a certain dressing style. I don't dress against that code. So I pretty much dressed modestly. And I was like, well, it wouldn't be a big stretch to put an extra piece of fabric on my head. So I did. And I, and I did it for, and, I, and you know what, Atarishu, when I did it, within a month, I kind of was like, this is not me, like immediately almost. And I was like, this is not for me. But I was like, wait, wait, wait. you know what, if I've made this decision, I need to give it a good effort. Right. A good enough effort for me is that I need to go to events. I need to go to a wedding. I need to go to almost everything with this on and see how I live my life. And so I did a good year and a half, almost two years of wearing hijab. And that's why my podcast logo still has a character in hijab. And did things change for you right after you started wearing it? You know how the perception of people around yes. you? It was funny. The, the worst perception I got was from my own community. It, and I highlighted in one of the episodes where people who almost never talked to me because I didn't wear it, suddenly I was in the in crowd. Wow. And everyone was like, oh, good job. And I was like, and I, I was like, you know, it's nice to be, you know, included, but I was like, but I didn't want to be included because of this. Does that mean you don't agree with Fahin Raza, everything else, or Fahin Raza needs to put something on her head to be agreeable to you? So I went through this whole, like, you know, self-discovery about it. And then about um, right after COVID, actually, I, and you would think having that illness and going through it, you'd, I'd become like, oh, you know, I should do more. I definitely believe in my faith. I still practice it and I still, you know, uh, you know, love it. I'm not going to leave it. But I was like, you know, I don't think this is making me a better Muslim. And more so now with this Black Lives Matter movement, I'm seeing people who will happily preach that, oh, yeah, Islam is against injustice and we just stand up for people. And yet conveniently they're quiet right. when there is injustice happening. 
because a lot of people equate justice meaning justice from muslims only right. which is the wrong perception our teachings do not say that they say stand up for anyone there is even um you know uh, a very important um saying of the prophet that's being highlighted now that he said that when there was a funeral happening of a jewish woman he stood up and people were like his his followers were like why are you standing up prophet that's a jewish woman he's like that's a human exactly and, you know you need, to, right. you need to stand up it's the so human that, life that matters exactly so it's like it's a human it does not mean whoever or whatever and so i i, I find it very interesting that a lot of people who portray islam or who you know by their looks and their dress code and their posts look like they're muslims i i personally just me myself sometimes doubt that i'm like well you're following all the good parts but then the tough parts where our teachings tell us to stand right. up for people to speak out to make posts to do things to i think i show. think in that's kind of in every culture i will not just say in your it culture is. i mean you are telling me yes from your point of view but i can easily say it's the same thing in my culture it's the same yeah. thing in my friends culture we all are tuned this way that you know whenever something good is happening you always have to be a part yes. of it whenever something is happening where you have to take a stand things get pressurized from your family like i take part in a lot of protest i'm i'm very out there i speak my mind yeah. so i continuously have these clashes with my family members with my friends there there are people who are telling me that you know don't be a part of this why are you being part yeah. of this mess and i'm like if i will not stand right now you know how will i expect someone else to do it for me exactly so then that's when i and then uh, let me just backtrack a bit so after this pandemic reached you know american shores of course yes. it had started in december in china and at that time even though this was you know known our administration did not make the necessary steps to prevent it from happening because right. uh if you if you go back a few more years uh well a lot of years ebola even came to the us but because right. at that time the administration was aware of it they made sure that it didn't spread as much and there was i think only two or five cases in the entire us also the the uh, those, means of spread was way different than what currently yes. covid is and how it's spreading yes. yeah yes and um but this administration really just kind of dropped you know as they say dropped the ball completely right. like uh, you know there was a lot of denial um there's still a lot of denial that it even exists Absolutely. and it's like well yeah. people uh, we have the highest death rate the united yeah. states has the highest death rate in the world which is not a place i think any country wants to be but definitely not the us which is known for being you know this progressive first world right. country no worry india is climbing the same stairs right now so i'll not I, comment I think on every, it it's next to everywhere i we we talk to family in pakistan and no one is taking any you know cares especially right. with eid happening last week people were like out and about having fun and now the spread is growing and it's like um this is not normal i don't know why people keep thinking this not and if you look historically pandemics only happen once every 100 years exactly so it's like literally this is once in a lifetime hopefully once in a lifetime event but it will run its course and you can only my mom has a new belief she's like the people who will survive this will be the ones who are careful yeah. and the ones who are not are the ones who are just not listening and unfortunately this president has made this virus into a living thing so now it is it's a democratic virus that's made up by you know this one party and it's like how, how i was like i have never thought in my lifetime i would think that someone can make a disease 
have exactly. feelings because right. it's a sure. disease. It, it doesn't care. It does not sure. care. And if you look at everything, there was even some very funny thoughts in the beginning from some Muslims I know who were like, oh, you know what? We are followers of Allah. This virus will not get us. And I was like, yeah. And it's, look at it, Iran. There is this one <laughs> video I Iran. saw. Uh, somewhere where someone was saying that, you know, I have Jesus blood on me, I'll not get sick. And there's this people in India who are saying that, you know what, we'll drink a cow's pee and we'll be absolutely fine. So there are like different kind of beliefs all over. Yeah, and, yeah. No and, and I'm like, and I'm like, look at, look at one of the biggest countries affected was Iran, which is a Muslim country. I mean, they had a pretty decently high death rate as well and effect right. rate. And they had to, you know, shut down the whole country, which, um, good they did um uh, but here the the lockdown started um uh, middle of march and slowly they've eased up people are out and about and doing yeah. things regularly and uh, my husband says i'm seeing numbers grow daily he's like you I, know i know i, I really want to know because now you have a first-hand experience of how mm-hmm. painful this uh, this disease is, this virus mm-hmm. is, you know, from what I know, uh, April 5th was the day when you started having those yes. back pains and everything. Yes. How did you discover what, like, how difficult was it? Because you are a mom of three kids. It's not just you that who you're taking care of. The kids yeah. are involved. Your husband is involved. How was it exactly? Okay, so it's exactly right. That backache that started, and I thought it was something, you know, nothing. It was like, okay, you know, we're all home. Maybe it's just, you know, tiredness, whatnot. It was funny that that same night when I went to bed and the next day when I was still feeling the same way, my husband was like, I think you have COVID, like immediately. And I think it's because, uh, you know, you know, insight, because he's seeing it. So he right. was like, I think you have it. And we he was in direct contact careful. also. So maybe we were, it was like a high risk, even though if he was very careful. No, it was because we, we had to backtrack in our minds. Like, okay, where had I been that I could right. have caught it? So in the, in the five to six days prior to the symptoms beginning, the only place I had been to was a, a grocery store and where I had a mask and gloves and everything. And then we, and we're like, well, that's a possibility. But the more uh, highlighted possibility was my husband said that five days before your symptoms, I saw a COVID patient and I was in the room for not long and I had my gear on. But as soon as I left the room, me and the nurse were talking outside. We didn't have any masks or anything on because you right. think you're in the hallway now, but the air is circulating. And again, this virus is surviving on surface surfaces much longer than any other virus. Right. So he's like, my thought is that. And then he got really worried because um, I start symptoms on Sunday night. And by uh, Monday afternoon, the, uh, that same patient that he had seen again on Sunday. So he saw him, you know, six days prior to that. Then he saw him again on Sunday. By Monday after that, that patient was on a ventilator. So then my husband was scared. He's, and this is a young, and he's like, the patient's not old. He's, I believe, 41, 42, right. healthy, exercises, fit guy, not on any medication. So no underlying condition. So he's like, I'm worried now because what if it is the same strain and you have it and you're going to be on a vent? Basically, in his head, my husband had already planned my funeral. He's like, <laughs> and I'm going to have to raise these kids alone. And <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Oh, like boy. he was so ready to me for me to die. And I was like, what weird insan. I was like, <laughs> being married to a doctor, they're always in extremes. They're the worst patients themselves. They are horrible. <laughs> I mean, like think the man can get a cold. Right. Especially because when of he the has family. A cold, yeah. When he has a cold, it's like an upper respiratory, like lung failure. I'm like, <laughs> the cold. Have some soup. And so he had already like basically in his head buried me. Like, I'm going to have to raise these kids alone. What am I going to do? 
dusri shaadi karo na like, i don't know <laughs> there you go <laughs> he tells that to anyone else and they're like what kind of husband are you <laughs> just a practical like, one <laughs> i'm like very realistic <laughs> but then um so if if you saw my video um i got the test done and it was done incorrectly and yes. this is a big problem sarushi that the test is being done incorrectly all over not just here all over so because true. that's that swab has to go pretty far up your nose exactly I mean, it cannot it can it technically if you look at any images it cannot hit your brain but it feels like it's pretty darn close to your like brain. you need to you need to feel that oh my god what happened to me yeah you feel yeah. like a tickle like in the middle back but really there's enough of a membrane in between like it can't harm you and even if they poke at it they're like really it can't right i think so, that's the biggest um, problem that's happening right now with the yes. testing so and because the test is not the best one really it's not i mean to go that far back into someone's nose because you know a flu test and any other test you just swab a little bit on the cheek and like it's enough but because this one is so uh, you know interesting and so unique that it's being done wrong a lot of times so when my first test came negative it caused more worry and anxiety because it was like this is not flu season the weather is hot there's no other illnesses going around you don't have allergy symptoms it became more worrisome like what is it then because then it's like the fear of the unknown okay, exactly. okay it's not covid what is it and what is and it and in my and then my brain went to overdrive I was like what if i have like bone cancer and i never knew it and i'm like dying like literally dying right now oh. so i was killing myself <laughs> like, i'm dying in my head <laughs> So then we were looking and and my symptoms were not improving and the pain the body pain I would describe as having childbirth pain if anyone anyone knows what that is like but all over your body in every single nerve ending you have it was pain so by the 5th day it was not getting better and I was not improving in every anyway it was just, it was a stagnant pain and I had no fever so when these the places are checking fever it's such a waste of time I had no fever at all never above you know not even elevated fever it was yeah the, i mean a lot of different kind of symptoms symptoms are seeing some lots of people uh, patients are not even showing symptoms so no. it's very difficult now it's a lot of asymptomatic carriers out there right. a lot more than uh, you know symptomatic so and especially children children are asymptomatic carriers and they're spreading it right. without knowing anything um so then uh, then we were like okay we need to get a separate test done again so then we uh, found an independent lab we uh, you know fill out the forms and that 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 lab would send someone to your house so that person came and did the the test and she did it incorrectly as well this other train and then my husband was there and, was, and then he's like do you mind if i do it and yeah. then she's like are you sure he's like i'm a doctor and she's like okay so then he literally shoved it up my nose and i was like ye to badla le rahe pata nahi like you're not dying to the woman <laughs> yes like both noses and i was like oh my god but then when that test came back positive that's what made us realize number one that this test is not being done right number right. two that okay yeah i have covid and number three how to prepare for this and again this is this has already been a week and a half of this because the test was so slow and coming back so that unknown time that anxiety time a lot of tears a lot of like you know blaming so many right. things and just being like this is so annoying um it was a time where also a lot of people stepped up a lot of people in my community they were like you know we're just going to drop off food in your front porch don't come out we don't want to see you that's fine Right. So I didn't have to cook clean but uh luckily my husband told his work and they were like you know um they he had a few days off but then he had to go back again because the patient numbers were growing so much exactly. that he was like there's really no time off but then his uh bosses were like you know what L- do this 
do the the actual patient thing up front, but then go home and do your notes and any any uh, any uh, computing time you have to do, do that at home. So then um, that's what he was doing. He was barely going to work for like three hours, four hours a day. And again, Steve Jobs, thank you for inventing the iPad because that literally that got me through because I would just wake up in the morning and then give the kids the iPad. Luckily, my 10-year-old and my 8-year-old are sufficient enough. They can make a bowl of cereal. They can, you know, eat pancakes. There are so many food items they can eat that are easy to do. And then my 10-year-old is a very, he's like an old man. He's an old soul. Right. He has always been that way. So even with my two-year-old, he was more helpful. He was able to, you know, give him milk in a bottle or even Were you ever scared diaper. that, you know, your kids might have caught the same virus? Um, we, ass- we assumed that everyone had it in the house. We just made okay. the assumption that, you know, all of us have it. So let's no one leave this house except for my husband for work. No one right. left the house. We had groceries delivered. And luckily, like I said, people were dropping off so much food, so much food every other day that it was, we had so much food that, and, and people knew that I have kids. So they were dropping off pastas and, you know, pizzas and kid friendly things. So it was like, okay, we have food. We're good. And again, my 10-year-old was sufficient enough that he could, you know, warm up pizza in the microwave. They can make, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They were able to feed themselves enough that they were like, you know, mom has COVID. We're not bothering her. (laughs) And then my husband would come home and then he was, you know, more sufficient taking care of everything else. Uh, But yeah, and it was hard for my mother at this time because my mom is inherently a nurturer. And she was like, how can I just fly down there and take care of you? And right. we were like, you stay put, stay put. I <laughs> think that's the first instinct of a mother, right? She wants to yes. be there to protect the child. Yes. And then she was like, you know, if I was there, I could at least cook and I could do that. I was like, Amma, don't worry. Yeah. People, we have food. We're not worrying about cleaning or anything. It's okay. It's a different time to be in. Uh, she was just like, you're ready to just come down. And we were like, look, you're older you've had cancer, you've beat cancer, you are in that, you know, no, stay away from us. And even if, let's say, you don't catch it from me, my husband is still seeing patients daily. He could always be a carrier. So even if we come visit you, we could be carrying from him indirectly. So our family were very careful about social distancing. We're like, look, we have to, in this time, a lot of people are behaving very selfishly that I want a haircut, so open up salons and I need to get my nails done. And we're thinking like, this is a time to be selfless. And it's for the betterment. I mean, I, I would love to go, you know, sit with my friends and hang out and do everything, but we're being cautious. So actually it's funny. We've planned um, this Sunday to meet up in a parking lot, sit in our cars separately in our trunks and just talk at a very big distance. Like we'll just see each other far away and right. hi, how are you doing? And yell at each other, you know, through windows. But uh, it's, it's interesting. And uh, in this time, and then now with this whole, um, the virus was not in control as it is. And now with this uh, Black Lives Matter movement and right. the riots and the protests, which are all so necessary. It's just, you know, timing is just... Just timing is just too bad. T- I think, timing yeah. is just uh, off. And, you know, it's not their fault. They, I mean, their people Absolutely are suffering right. incredible, you know, years and hundreds of years of suffering. You know, it and, shows, it actually shows that the suffering is so much that they do not care about the fact that a virus will kill them they're more worried about another human being will kill them one day so it's better to be there out on the roads and do this and not worry about the virus i mean it's i i cannot say if it's selfish it's selfless it's them what they're doing whatever they have to do to survive whatever they're suffering through it, it it is so many hundreds of years of suffering that it's come to a boiling point it was like a pressure cooker you exactly. know it was going going pressure nikal gaya 
and now it's like bas phat pada it's like okay right, and, and you know what i think uh again this president this administration is not helping it he always turns everything about himself so then it's like never and and it's very interesting when you even look the words are right there whenever people are protesting his causes he's like oh they're good people and anyone who's protesting this is thugs and were violent so yes. it's like you know you you no one is happy right now and uh, even though the black community and minority communities do get the virus more often there is statistics that prove that this community is actually suffering more from covid but again like you said they don't care anymore they're like you know we're suffering all the time so what's one more thing let's let's just do this and i think this is the first time i was watching the news yesterday where they said that all 50 states in the us have protests about right. this protests are happening internationally canada uk um australia there there this is triggering so many people and they are so mad right now because uh and i asked a, a black friend of mine i was like you know why this case why this one i'm i'm not saying the other ones are not important but why this one why did this one trigger so much she's like because frahin the things that we tell our black men and children and boys especially about police you know always cooperate address them as sir yes. don't fight back don't resist don't you know uh, try to run this man did all those things like he yes. if you look at all the video he is not fighting back he's just you know yes. listening and for that to happen to him it was like well then we're doing what we thought was the safest option and you still Right. are not listening well okay then we're going to you know take to the streets and i like i said i i happily would go to protest but again i'm thinking that i know i could be a covid carrier at all right. times because it's assumed that by 2 weeks you're not contagious but that's just an assumption and my husband's like you know everything is so new about this we might learn that you could be contagious for 6 months who knows we right. don't know yet i think you're so doing your bit by staying home by talking about it by because I'm you have your own way of reaching out to people so you yeah, are doing it yeah and that's it. why i'm interviewing people who are you know in the movement and then uh what we did the other day we went to our regular grocery shopping and then protesters were right outside the grocery store it's hot it's uh you know very hot here right now i believe in uh centigrade it's like 40 degrees here oh wow it's pretty hot, hot and they're standing outside in signs so then me and my husband we bought um ice cold water cases like five six cases and we're like this is what we can do we can give you guys water in this heat and right. hopefully this counts as something and they were so grateful they and and i i said you know i had my mask on i was like i would join you but i you know went through covid i don't want to give it to you so True. here water cold water um we bought them watermelon slices the other day too we're like you know just something you know if they're standing out there at least if i can't be there you know this way i can be there in other ways right. and that's why i've been telling people who are like oh, i don't know what to do i was like you don't have to go to a protest that's just an outward sign you can donate you can okay, give water you can use any platform your social media to talk about it that you know this is and i'm actually going after in a different way too i'm like you know black lives do matter but we have to learn within our desi diaspora this this whole idea of fairness creams and all these things this is so wrong and right. i know i can easily say that because i mean i'm a fair skin tone but my sister isn't and we've always heard a lot of this like oh you know iski shaadi to ho jayegi uski kaise hogi and it's like this is so so wrong there are so many beautiful you know skin tones and beautiful girls who are so qualified and because of a you know something that isn't in their control they're considered less right. than as like such extreme you know like you know i think this this, this moment uh, this movement kind of brought out a lot of very important issues not just mm-hmm. internationally like when i when i talk like someone who's in india right now 
and culturally if i talk about uh, this kind of thing has been happening since a very long time uh, yes. be it with minorities be it uh, with people of certain communities you know things like honor killing has been happening and yes. um, so it's just bad and it doesn't just happen for one person it just doesn't just happen with few people it's happening everywhere throughout the country so a movement like this makes us talk about a lot of things that's happening over here as well yeah and pe- people are talking you, about it you can't support a movement if you have these institutionalized things in your own home and I, by home i don't mean your house i mean your community right. like you know we got a lot of uh, like a lot of people in india they got a backlash on the fact that they were supporting the movement that black lives matter not mm-hmm. because that they were supporting them but because of the fact that they never recognized the issues of their own country yes you no know? they never recognized the lives of their own people so they got a lot of exactly. backlash that you know how hypocrite you are that you know just because everyone's doing it internationally you got to yes. do it so that you look cool urban cool and you look uh, yes. aware of that situation and you know the funny thing is i think the same problem i heard out of pakistan too that they're like oh black lives like well what what do you mean i mean uh, there's issues of people you know harming domestic help uh about domestic help you know this uh, like you said you know when people in india and pakistan are supporting these movements which i see the intention because okay maybe it might be an urban you know cool thing to do or it's just you know you really believe right. it but again you have to recognize your own faults with it and um uh, with domestic help like um i've seen images from both india and pakistan where they'll show a very posh urban family they'll be at a restaurant and their help will be sitting right there but not allowed on the same table or not even fed like yeah. you're there to watch the kids but you can't eat here and i remember when we would go to indian pakistan uh, let's say we went to mcdonalds or something then we would uh, get food for ourselves and we'd get food for the help like me and my sister my brother we we make we treat them as equal and then the response was like don't do that they'll you know they'll get ruined and they'll right. expect these things and i can see both sides because i know things do happen you know in and always but it's just like because we didn't grow up with that thought that we were like oh why you know we shouldn't treat people like that so i think a lot of people need to recognize that in your own households in your own minds you have these negative or um you know not the most equal thoughts towards everyone once you recognize that then you can you know support movements that you know scream for equality for a certain race of people that was farin this was her story you can also watch this podcast on my youtube channel just search for tarushi chaudhary and you will find it this episode was very special to me it gave me a chance to connect with someone 8000 miles away listening to stories like these is what this podcast is all about i'm extremely happy and so proud to tell you that it's been an entire month since i launched this podcast your love and support are what's motivating me every day to do better So thank you so much for listening for being there and for sharing your stories with me. It's a difficult time for every one of us and we all are in this together. So stay safe for yourself and your loved ones. Help someone in need if you can and be kind. I'll be back next week. This is Misty signing off. Music